Hi everyone and welcome to the 11th edition of Ground Control. This is our final edition for what has been a very, very unusual year to say the least. We wanted to finish off the year with a little bit of an update on some of the things that have just happened in recent times so that you can go into the holiday season with a little bit of perspective about what's going on in the world today. Today we actually have the Chair of our Investment Committee, Emmanuel Caligaris, who's going to actually share some of those insights with us. We're going to talk about the recession, we're going to talk about interest rates, we're going to talk about President Biden-elect, and we'll also talk about the China-Australia relationship. So it's great to actually have Emmanuel uh, here with us today, so we can actually make sure that we can sleep through our holiday period, knowing full well we know what's likely to happen during 2021. Emmanuel, thanks very much for your time today. Um, from the point of view of um, the, uh, our listeners today, just go back over what a recession is. What, what's the technical definition of a recession? So, uh, thanks for having me back, Graham. Um, the, the technical definition of a recession is two quarters of negative growth. And we had those two quarters of negative growth after the government shut the economy down um, because of, uh, of the pandemic. Um, so we had the, uh, the June quarter and the September quarter, or sorry, I should say the March quarter and the, and the June quarter as being uh, the slowdown period. And then we came out of uh, recession in the September quarter, uh, registering the uh, positive growth that we saw. Um, it's interesting, what a year it's been. Uh, I, you know, I look back on it from bushfires uh, to then COVID hitting, then uh, we had two East Coast lows, which uh, devastated quite a few properties, uh, if I remember correctly, um, including mine. Um, we had the election, as you mentioned before. Uh, we've had stock markets doing all sorts of crazy things and a lot of people scratching their heads wondering why is the stock market up here having crashed at the beginning of the, uh, of the year and yet here we are at the end of the year and uh, things are looking decisively better. So, um, so yeah, it's been a, a, an absolutely crazy year, that's for sure. Yeah, look, we had, um, we talked earlier, I know, when in probably March, we were talking about whether we'd have a, a V-shaped recovery or a, or a U-shaped recovery. It appears we've had a V-shaped recovery. It does. Is, is, is that a bit of an image? Is that sort of like, I'm, I'm worried, worried if it's a bit of a mirage. Uh, are, there, are there something hiding behind this? Well, uh, technically speaking, no, there hasn't been anything hiding behind it in that um, the response from the, the Reserve Bank to bring interest rates all the way to almost zero and print money um, by, or by government bonds, which is the equivalent. Um, and the fiscal response that we saw from uh, the government uh, have been what's, um, uh, I guess, helped us create that V-shaped recovery. We were worried there for a while that we're saying this is just too good to be true. Um, and it's in fact going to be a W-shaped recovery where we go back down again, as I think you're alluding to now, uh, and then back up again some point in time the future um, and yet you know as uh, as you've correctly pointed out that we've gone down we've come back up it looks very v-ish but now the question says how far do we extend on the other side of this v um, and from where we are at the moment um, the stock market has been a good example of you know where we think that the economy is going in the future uh, it's starting to suggest to me that um, that we're about where we should be it's almost looking out about three years to for, for um, profits to get back to normal um, and you know a lot can happen in three years time but I think because the Reserve Bank has told us that interest rates are likely to stay low for at least the next three years um, the stock market has interpreted that as saying okay well they're going to be the backstop 
And if they are the backstop, then it's going to be whatever it takes in order to make sure that, um, that you know, we stay out of recession. Even if growth stays low and inflation stays low, that's not a bad outcome. Um, and, uh, and I think, as I said, the, the stock market has been prepared to take the Reserve Bank at its word. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, what looked like potentially lofty valuations on next year's number, numbers don't look so lofty on the profits in 2022 and 2023. And that's what we're discounting. Now, as I said before, there's a lot of uncertainty that can pass between now and 2023. Um, so, you know, maybe a, a sort of a, a happy but cautious view is warranted here. Right. And the, the potential W, would that come from the wind back of JobKeeper, is that where you might see some sort of dip back down? Yeah, so I think that the potential W could be with uh, government sort of um, uh, reducing the level of stimulus. Uh, but at the same time, we've got to understand that uh, the amount of infrastructure work that's, uh, that's in the pipeline now is going to carry the economy for quite some time. Uh, and I think that that, uh, that infrastructure spend is going to be quite uh, large. Uh, and consequently, you'll see that the economy uh, will start to generate a life of its own um, with businesses then hiring people to do the job that the government has effectively uh, commissioned to do. So, um, it, you know, it's classic, classical uh, Keynesian economics where once the economy is down on its knees, it needs support. The government comes in to, to help it. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that it's uh, certainly going to be the case that we're going to see growth extend. Now, to get the W, I think that we're going to need uh, either a second wave. Um, and at this point in time, that's kind of, you know, it's 50-50. Um, why? Well, because we haven't opened the borders yet. And uh, you saw what happened just last weekend with two German tourists that didn't quarantine. Um, and then all of a sudden we've got potential spread happening. So can you imagine that multiplied a lot? as we open the, uh, the international um, uh, borders. Um, so I'm worried about that. Uh, and I think with that, uh, there's a race between the vaccine and opening the borders. And I, I'm almost thinking that we're going to see um, uh, more chance of getting that vaccine getting, coming through before the borders are open. I think the government's hoping to see uh, that happening sooner rather than later. But as we've all read in the newspapers um, that, you know, we're going to have uh, uh, s supply constraints on the vaccine side. Yeah. Um, and so from that perspective, you know, um, we're going to I think it's a, a kind of wait and see type of approach. Um, so if we don't open the borders because there has been uh, supply constraints on the vaccine, you could get a small W effect. But it's really hard to see that the numbers, or at least the share market um, and, uh, and to a lesser extent property um, market, are going to go back to the depths that we plumbed in uh, end of March and early April of this year. So let, let's look at the um, potential uh, uh, upside on that, and that is that the economy continues to grow, but grows well, so much so that the RBA decides to push interest rates up to slow it down a bit. What sort of scenario would play out then? What, could, could they be doing that? And what would need to happen before you think they'd, they'd start to react 
to push interest rates up? Sure. So we all have to remember that there are multiple interest rates in the economy, including the official cash rate, which is set now at about 0.1, although it's trading at 0.04 basis points, um, or commonly known as, as, as the cash rate. And then we've got 10-year bond yields, 15-year bond yields, and so on and so forth. And with the 10-year bond yield, you know, close to 0.9%. So the question I think you're, you're asking is, despite the fact that... Um, the Reserve Bank has told us that the interest rate is going to stay low for at least the next three years. If the economy looks decisively better in the next year or so, can uh, longer-term bond yields, so the three-year and the four-year and the five-year bond yield, kick up to the point where um, they're starting to, or at least the markets are starting to acknowledge that life looks really good and then naturally just dampen the economy because interest rates in the longer term interest rates are kicking up. Um, that's very possible uh, and one that uh, I think the whole market is really looking at at this point. Um, again, it's, it's, it's hard to see that those interest, long term interest rates are going to kick up in the next couple of years. But certainly once we get to sort of two, and, two to two and a half, maybe three years out, will have that reassessment. Now, look, uh, the US looked okay at the end of last quarter. Uh, job creation was occurring, inflation was coming through ever so mildly. Um, and all of a sudden I saw the headlines that 10 year government bond yields, so the interest rate on government bonds of, for 10 year uh, maturities, uh, was likely to go back up to 1.25%. Um, and then all of a sudden more purchasing, bond purchasing program came in by the Federal Reserve and flattened the yield curve back down to 0.9 or 0.85 or thereabouts. Um, I think that that's going to be the case here, that if the Reserve Bank, and central banks globally, but if the Reserve Bank of Australia is not happy with uh, the way that the economy is coming um, uh, back online and it's very lopsided, um, it will take action to make sure that it, it, it evens that lopsidedness out. Now, something that's been concerning me recently, and I think we spoke about this last time, uh, was the rate at which property prices have all of a sudden just yeah. jumped um, and jumped really, really strongly. Um, and there has been lack of supply in terms of freestanding houses. Uh, there's been a bit of a glut in terms of apartment buildings and, and you know, uh, uh, flats where uh, you have 100 or so flats in, in a complex. Um, Irrespective, uh, I think that that's kind of a little bit dangerous. I think if it runs too much from here, that they're probably going to stop and pause for a little bit and um, you know let fixed term rates go up a little bit. Um, uh, but again, this is the big question that will be on everybody's lips for the next little while is how high do those longer term bond yields need to go before they start to bring that economic activity down a little bit. Um, it's a hard call at this point in time and we just have to wait for further data to confirm um, what kind of levels we're likely to see. Yeah, look, I think um, like the this, this share market, uh, a lot of people try to time the property market and we know that property, you need to be in property for cycles, you know, a full cycle or at least two cycles in some instances. So uh, for those people out there worried about it, uh, uh, let's not try to time the property market. Let's uh, let's actually work, um, invest for the long term and, and deal with it then. Can I just talk to our overseas uh, and global uh, issues that we're dealing with at the moment? Firstly, um, uh, President-elect Biden, um, how different do you see 
the, the Biden economics to the Trump economics and what it might actually happen to the US in this process. Yeah, so the stock market rallied and the US stock market in particular uh, increased quite substantially because what the election showed was that Biden in the White House with the Democrats in the Senate um, it was going to sort of uh, sort of stabilise the fact that he couldn't do whatever he wanted to. So if he won um, both houses, uh, he would have been able to pass through a whole lot of stuff. Um, uh, by having this stability here, the stock market quite liked it. Um, and so from that perspective, um, I think that uh, you haven't seen a big change. Uh, there are subtle changes along the way. Biden was always going to uh, try and tax corporations more. And as um, we know, that the more you tax them, the less profit they make and the less profit that's available to shareholders, the stock market will start to level off once it realises that. Um, so uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of changes he can bring through, um, you know, and how what kind of blockages we see in the Senate uh, from that perspective. But I think the agenda here is one of, um, you know, they are going to um, continue to try and pass through, uh, um, I guess, clean energy policies. So uh, from that perspective, uh, you know, I think um, that you're going to see potential there for, for higher energy costs. Uh, and, and I think the other big one is uh, Mr Trump was very much uh, all for America and America only. It'll be interesting to see how much uh, um, of a backward step is taken on that. You know, um, uh, it's all about corporate America and it's all about bringing jobs home and making America great again. Um, you know, to, to what extent is that the case? And uh, from that perspective, I'm not sure because, again, we, we're talking about a potential president here who might not even serve his full term of office. So there's another spanner in the works on, on that front. So um, I think it's going to be fascinating, uh, the, 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 the Biden world, um, but again, uh, hard to, to, to see that um, that there's going to be wholesale changes there uh, whereby you know something something's going to come out of left field I can't see it from that side the next question I guess we've got to ask is what about China um, we know that the relationship is soured between Australia and China and the question then says well, is it likely to get better with uh, between China and America than what it has been under the Trump administration. Um, I, again, it's hard to see that. I think, I think there needs to be a diplomatic reset here on both parts. Um, uh, and, you know, whether they can do without us and whether we can do without them um, is going to be... It's a, it's a very interesting dilemma that we're all facing at the moment. Certainly Treasury United States has, has been, you know, the full, borne the full uh, brunt of, uh, of what's been going on. Um, you know, its share price has, uh, has come off dramatically and I think one session was about 17%, um, you know, in one hit. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite significant. Again, it tells you that that's why you need a diversified portfolio because if you had all your money in one stock, there goes 17% of your, your life savings. Um, but, uh, but, you know, uh, we've seen, um, uh, again, interestingly enough, uh, Kraft take over... Um, you know, a few assets which, uh, sorry not Kraft, uh, bigger, bigger cheese take over a few assets which uh, were blocked from going to the Chinese. Uh, and so again, just watching, um, you know, the, the dynamics here uh, is certainly going to be 
very interesting uh, for the next little while to see who's going to back off and who's going <laughs> to show their dominance. Yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting time. And uh, we do hope that both, uh, both countries actually uh, show a bit of sense and um, a bit of diplomacy between them to uh, overcome this issue and, um, and get the relationship uh, back on track. Uh, Emmanuel, um, the market as it stands today, um, we often talk about is it cheap, is it fair, is it expensive, um, or when the, I was going to say when the taxi drivers start talking, but probably the Uber drivers start talking these days about what stocks to buy, but where, where are we in the cycle um, with the market as it is today, and should, should our, our clients be doing anything? Okay, so, so really interesting that the market has bounced back as much as it, as it has and there's a lot of people scratching their heads going, but hang on, I thought we were in a recession. Um, the market is always discounting and looking forward. Um, so once it realised that we were heading for that, headed for that recession, it reacted very quickly. And then when we realised that it was, we were likely to come out of recession within the year, um, it reacted positively on that basis. Um, for all intents and purposes, my valuations uh, are suggesting that the market is about fair value. Um, so not too hot, not too cold, about just right. Um, having said that, if it goes up a little bit more from here, anywhere in the vicinity of uh, 5 to 10%, I'll start calling it you know, expensive. Um, uh, in terms of if it was to fall back to, uh, I mean, today the ASX 200 is about 6,600 or 6,650. Um, if it were to fall back to sort of 6,100 or 6,200, um, I would say, have to say that it's looking fairly cheap at that point, other things being equal. Um, so uh, uh, there's two issues here. Uh, as we know, we've got clients who are still accumulating and we've got client, clients that are in retirement. For those that have been in retirement and you've worn through uh, the, the volatility, we always say have that reserves portfolio so you're not depending on market ups and downs uh, in order to uh, continue to have a good lifestyle. Uh, and, uh, and that when the market is down, you don't have to crystallise any loss because you've already got your pool of assets on the other side, which are fairly market insensitive. Well, it's probably a good time to start looking at topping those up because you've gone through the, the period that we've seen. You've probably run down your savings or the reserve uh, portfolio or the cash bucket strategy uh, by maybe one, maybe one and a half years. Uh, the market has regained a lot of its losses. In fact, the US market is on uh, historical highs. Uh, this is not a bad time to be taking a little bit of profit and topping up your cash bucket, particularly if all of a sudden we get a second wave in Australia or that growth isn't anywhere near as strong as what is it being forecast to be. For the other clients that have got, uh, there's still time and they're still accumulating towards retirement, it's just a time to hold on um, and, uh, you know, as I say, uh, continue to, to, to average into the market. I don't think that you should be running scared. Uh, and certainly if the market were to fall by 5 to 7%, you could potentially look at putting even more money into the, in, into, to work for, for your retirement days. Uh, as I say, I, I just can't see what is likely to upset the Apple card when interest rates are just so low uh, and fiscal spending is, is so strong. It just feels like um, you know, the, everybody's back in that growth trajectory um, and will really feel the, the, the real you know, uh, big impetus of that growth once the borders open up.
Great, Emmanuel. And of course, um, just to reaffirm everybody, that's uh, general advice. You really should go and talk to your advisor about the uh, the impacts of um, whether you should be topping up your bucket, reserves bucket um, and what you should be doing about dollar cost averaging as well in this environment. Emmanuel, once again, thanks very much for your time today. It's very well appreciated. Thank you for all your efforts during 2020. Uh, I'm sure all the advisors and their, their clients are very happy with the way that we've dealt with the process during this uh, rather unusual year. And we look forward to speaking to you early in the new year and getting a bit more of an update on, uh, on 2021 and where we're heading. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to the 11th and final edition for Ground Control in 2020. Uh, I wish you uh, all a happy holiday season, whether you, whatever your belief, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, uh, but please keep safe, um, enjoy uh, your family, and we look forward to coming back to hopefully a much better 2021 uh, where we can move forward after what's been the most unusual year that I have ever faced. Thank you and good luck.